the most silent goal I've ever seen on a home pitch ever scored. <laughs> you could hear all the players be like, yeah, oh my gosh, good job. It's like, right. It was 15, 15 seconds of cheering and then silence. Welcome to Scissor Tail Nation, your local Tulsa, Oklahoma podcast covering all things FC Tulsa with an overview of the broader USL Championship League and a look at our men's and women's national teams and their players competing for club teams abroad. We are happy to have you with us and hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us. My name is Brian and I'm joined here by Bo. Definitely happy to have you here with our podcast focused on FC Tulsa and everything USL. Hey, good teamwork here. I think we we got something going. We got some new mics in-house. Took a little (laughs) practice, but we got some software and uh, we're in business. Yeah, I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be, yet at the same time, surprisingly how easy it is to start a podcast. So I'm happy to be doing this with you, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I think I think as we progress, I think people will definitely enjoy it. Definitely. Let's let's get started here. I mean, first segment, I let's just talk about these preseason power rankings. I think going into that game with Sacramento Republic, uh, we were underdogs. Um, what were we? Nineteen, and they were number six. Yeah. So I think with the with the rankings, I think it was fair. Um, going into, I think there wasn't a whole lot of expectations. I mean, it's preseason, and um, yeah, I think we just we didn't know what was gonna occur um, in that first game, so we just kind of went in with it. You know, let's just play our hardest, and this is a number six team. We know what has happened with Sacramento Republic in the past, and I think we'll just uh, play our hardest and hopefully come out with hopefully come out with a draw. And uh, if even better, a W. Well, we did come out with a draw. And according to the USL Power Rankings, word for word, let's quote the website. Number 19, things look like they're clicking into place the way the club's new leadership envisioned. And they're going to be dangerous early if Dario Suarez can carry his scoring form into the regular season. So, Dario Suarez did pressure on Dario there. Yeah, and guess what? He didn't even score the goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have you know, 24 other guys on the roster, so let's just not put a lot of pressure on Dario, all right? Well, I mean, they signed him for a reason, right? They bought him in. Um, we did see a little bit of the footwork. I think it was uh, early second half. Um, it looked pretty good, uh, but you know, the dribbling was fancy, but ended up getting the ball intercepted. But overall, I think he did have a pretty good showing. He came out kind of early um, from the match in the second half. He was out, I think, the 71st minute he came out. Uzo came in for him. So it was, um, you know, didn't didn't play the full time. Yeah, I think that's where it comes with just he'll, he'll need help up front. Like, I think guys will learn like, hey, Dario is – we need to help him get some goals, and in turn, if he's not open, if he's the one with the ball and we're open, we're going to get some goals as well. So having that mentality moving forward will be a, a good deal for the for the forwards and just the attacking midfielders and wingers. Well, they really have to focus on somebody. You know, the power rankings has to choose a name to write about. I think picking on Dario Suarez, since he was a big signing coming over from Miami FC, was a safe choice, right? I mean, he had a lot of goals over there, and um, he he should be doing big things here. So 
I think the season getting kicked off uh, momentarily for one game uh, showed that he'll be a big piece of the team, but there are other players and more talent on the squad that are going to help us get started here. Yeah, just I was looking up the – so Dario, he played – the twenty from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen on Miami FC, scored in ten goals and twenty four appearances. So, I think it's easy to say that he'll definitely get some golosos in force. It's just going to take some time, and I think after um, this this ordeal, it's going to, you know, for a lot of teams, it's going to change just the way that they play going forward. Like it's you're going into the season right away, you're wanting to start off with a big punch. And then it's kind of delayed a little bit, but that's where FC Tulsa has the advantage. You know, they came away with a draw, and after that, they're gonna just work on a couple of things. And the season, they're gonna just treat it like another home opener, another away opener. It's like we're starting brand new. Let's get going. I agree. You know, I'd, I'd like to take a little bit of a focus on that defensive line here in this first podcast as well, because in that first game against Sacramento Republic. I really feel that Sean Lewis getting man of the match and that defensive back line was the reason that we came out of there with one point. Uh, without those guys putting their hearts on the line out there, I think it would have easily been 3-1, 4-1, and obviously a different result. Yeah. Before watching the game, both both you and I kind of dove into the Sacramento fan base and kind of wanted to know what their expectations were for this first game and most of them were saying that you know this would be an easy win for Sacramento and uh, you know just watching the first half and the second half how how many chances they actually had and how many great saves Sean Lewis had but also within the second half you know they the defense really improved that's where they I mean, they just did a great job in terms of going against the grain, kind of against the Sacktown fans. Right. No, you're you're right. I, you know, specifically in that podcast that we both listened to, um, they were talking on calling for another 6-0 victory like they had last year against us. And uh, it just didn't happen. I think that we came out and surprised a lot of people. But on that note, we surprised some people with a result and pulled a point out of Sacramento and we drop in the week one rankings right after that game. Uh, it didn't make much sense that we drop, you know, four points uh, down to 23 and Sacramento stays at number six. Yeah. Another thing to mention, too, is that, yeah, it was a, an away game. But did you, I mean, I just remember the fans. There were a lot of people there. I think it was a packed house at the Sacramento Stadium. And playing in an atmosphere like that and within the USL, is it's got to be very intimidating for, especially for FC Tulsa after coming off the rebrand. And that's just one thing where we didn't know what was what was going to happen kind of relatable to how the Oklahoma City Thunder came into the the season where they were out without Russell Westbrook but with FC Tulsa it's all we can do is just go forward with this team yeah no absolutely and especially with the coaching right um you know NCN noticed in the game that uh, DaCosta was needed on on you know on the attacking side instead of being on the on the defensive midfielder there so that he moved him up and then Moloto found him with that long forward pass and scored the goal, right? One-on-one with the goalkeeper. If you're not going to make those, you're, you're not going to make points. Um, so that was a key pass and a key move by Ensian, which shows that we have the right pieces to be effective here. Yeah. So with that goal, I think 
just uh, I I think Coach Hinskin is he he's he knows his team really well, and he's going to make the right calls when it comes to sub substitutions or who's going to be the starter on the squad. Just the goal itself, I think, compared to the Sacramento goal, the composure that he had with the goal. To I mean, he had the player on him, and he had the goalkeeper coming coming out of the net, so he needed to make the perfect touch. It was pretty sweet. So when we're looking at it here, that defensive backfield, right? So we've got Sheldon. Bourgeois, Garcia, Kwambe, and man of the match, Sean Lewis. Uh, you know, not too many of those people are going to be sort of considered the best in the league, but they definitely gel and mesh well together when they're on the field. And I think that we are going to have a strong defense. Uh, even I, I would consider us to have one of the, not the top, you know, 10 defenses in the, in the league, but you know, right there in the middle, upper middle of the table, I think is where our defense will rank overall, and I don't think we're going to give up as many goals as people expect us to. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Where it's like I think we'll be in that middle tier of the defense within the USL. I think a big part of that is Bourgeois, him being a vice captain, um, and just knowing that he's he's young, he knows the environment here, and I think just having. I also just think having a captain in the back is a huge play by Coach Ensign because that's where that's kind of where it starts. Like once you have the solid back, back line, you can worry about the uh, midfield. You can go forward with your uh, attacking wingers or your just your forwards or strikers. So I think once you have that base set up in the back, then that's your bread and butter throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. He did he did play for TU um, here. I think he was born in down in Texas. I think Cyprus is where he's from. But, you know, a lot of these guys have some sort of connection to, you know, Tulsa itself. Even Ensian, Coach Ensian is from here. There's there's pride in more than just, you know, wanting to, to win. They want to win for their city now that we, you know, rebranded. Now it's FC Tulsa, brand new color scheme, brand new ownership group. Um, I I think that they have more to play for, more to prove right now than maybe they did before. On that note, have you noticed that we have, I mean, I haven't dug deep into all the rosters across the league, but if we had one player from Asia, we would have somebody from every single continent on our squad. Um, I thought that that was, yeah, I thought that that was pretty interesting. So we've got, you know, someone from Europe, there's, there's Albania. um, And then we've got some South American, uh, Maximilian, uh, Maximiliano Shenfield is uh, Chilean and Argentinian. Uh, We've got a few uh, Nigerian fellas we've got a brazilian we've got a honduran uh we've got a canadian which is uh, andrew mccray in, in in net and you know obviously we have some u.s guys as well so well represented across the world so in the future when we're doing some of these uh international competition coverages we will uh we'll have a nice little segment for our boys abroad when we if some of these guys make their national team squads we can follow them where they are and and when they're playing with their own home teams so on that though, with the with the USL, um, just within the national teams, I think that's kind of an up and coming league where you know the, the younger guys. I mean, these are the youngest players are probably eighteen, twenty years old, and as they get you know a lot more uh, games under the belt, a lot more caps, you know the national teams will look to call them up. That's where you know this team really has a lot of. A lot of power where, uh, you know, hey, Sean Lewis is going to get called up or Bradley Bourgeois is going to get called up. That's where 
um, we'll definitely see some news for FC Tulsa. That would give us uh, some pretty good brand recognition, but one foot in front of the other, right? I don't know. we got to get some games won first, but Sean Lewis keeps making saves like he did in game one. Um, he could get a phone call <laughs> for sure. <laughs> get some, get a shout-out from Tim Howard there. Yeah, well, they're not playing Memphis this year. I wish they were. Um, I would love to see Tim Howard live. i got to look and see if he's going to go to any of these other nearby squads and go catch him over there. I was actually pretty excited to see that news that he was going to be an owner player for Memphis 901. Um, I don't think Landon Donovan's going to put the boots on, but he's out there doing uh San Diego squad. So yeah. So unusual. I mean, for Tim Howard to be manager and player, I mean, to me, to me, that's unusual for like the times. I feel like the manager is the separate, he's the coach. He's, he makes the decisions where Timmy Howard props to him though. I mean, 40, what is he, 40, 41 42, still? 41, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, Still playing at a pretty good level. Well, this is a throwback to 1925 Major League Baseball where you've got the manager player, the manager's pitching and playing first base and <laughs> and uh, also running the team. That's uh, But, no, hey, if he still wants to play, still has the drive and still has the uh, – the tenacity, which he clearly does, keep him. Keep him in between the pipes. He's going to do his work out there for sure. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to cover a little bit here of the women's national team in the She Believes Cup. Um, the fact that they uh, – I don't think anybody expected any less of a result because of how dominant they are, but they closed it up, got the victory. Uh, any kind of thoughts or comments on that? So thoughts, initial thoughts. I mean, 3-1 against Japan – really our biggest rivalry within the women's national team because we played them in 2011 lost we played them in the 2015 world cup and we beat them and then we i mean in the 2018 i believe we played them early on in the competition or but i I know that they are definitely one of the better squads for women's national teams and i think just being them 3-1 at the time like this is incredible i mean we we also had megan rapino with that incredible free kick and actually brian the uh the final of the women's world cup was on today so i got a little emotional about that because roosevelt she's my favorite player and her goal in that was beautiful she just major major sauce just a step over and uh, yeah it was pretty i enjoyed it so go go ladies yeah no always rooting for you they definitely play with um, a, a level of intensity that is that is rarely matched. Uh, yeah, I'm always impressed when I watch them. Well, not just intensity. I mean, they their cohesion is. I mean, if you watch videos on YouTube, you'll see that they they're they have a solid connection. Every single eleven players that the coach puts out on the field, they're gonna know each other where where each other is on the pitch. So. Yeah, they're, no. They're a great squad. You're right, and and the chemistry has a lot to do with it. I think you can put the best players on on the on the field, but if they're not going to listen to each other and they're not going to have chemistry, they're they're not going to do well. Totally different sport, but look at the last Olympic squad of men's basketball for USA. Right? They, if memory serves me correctly, I don't even think they medaled or they did bronze at best. And you know we're supposed to have the best players in the world, and we put them on the court, and then they can't do it. So chemistry clearly is a big part of your success, and and those. Those women have some chemistry. You're right. I don't foresee a time in the near future where they're going to be sort of dethroned there from from their national competitions. What do you think? 
so with the with the women's national team, I think they have a great setup right now where they have the veterans on the squad, right? You have Megan Rapino, you have Carly Lloyd. Those are the veterans, those are the captains. But then you also have the people who are coming up. So you have Sam Mewis, who's 27. You have Rose Lavelle, who's 25. You have Julie Ertz, who's 27, I believe, or 28. So those are your, your, your up-and-coming players. And I think once you surround the squad around your core three like captains essentially you're going to have that same cohesion same chemistry same on the field success as you did before i think it'll be a little bit harder kind of like what occurred in 2011 where you know we did have the veterans but maybe just the cohesion wasn't there yet but then it came back in 2015 so i think we'll still be a dominant uh team in the women's side yeah i agree you know, a, l- a little shift in what we're talking about here and transitioning over to the men's national squad and a recent uh, retirement announcement with Benny Feilhaber uh, announcing his retirement after a pretty long, successful career. Bo, uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a huge shock just because he is getting – he was on like kind of the tail end of his career, but whenever he was playing for – I remember he was playing for the Colorado Rapids for a little bit last year, and he – I mean, he still had like the same – you know, like want need for the ball. I mean, he wanted to score. He wanted to help the team. He he was always a part of the celebrations right after. I think he was um and I think on the men's side, he was on the national team scale, I mean he he was aggressive. He wanted to be on the team and whenever he got the chance to, he uh I mean he, he played his heart out. And I think Benny he'll he'll definitely have a lasting impression on the younger guys for the for the um, guys coming up, and I think he'll still be a part of the the national team, the U20s program in the future. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much that he didn't accomplish, right? He got to play international football, uh, Germany, Denmark, England. Uh, he was on the national team for a decade, uh, multiple caps. You know, he had a couple goals. And even on the MLS side, right, he won a MLS Cup, what was that, in 2013? Um, and then, you know, a couple, a couple all-star appearances and just a fully accomplished career. I just uh, wonder when it's going to be sort of uh, when why Tim Howard wasn't on the phone with him saying, "Hey Benny, before you hang up the boots, why don't you come down to USL Championship and uh, you know build Memphis? Come no, not even Memphis, right? I mean, you got Landon out in San Diego, you've got Tim in Memphis. Um, I'm sure that a lot of these guys have connections to these to our up and coming league here. Why not come down and uh, bring some more big names to the league and help us? help the quote-unquote second-tier football in the U.S. become a little bit more popular. Oh, yeah. Dude. I, I love it, honestly. I think that would be great. Um, but I want to go back to one thing you mentioned where uh, with Benny. He won the 2013 MLS Cup. So that was was sporting Kansas City. And I remember I took a visit up to Kansas City um, a few years back, and then we also had uh, speakers just come to my school uh, who are from Kansas City. And one thing that they really mentioned was that, hey, uh, our teams are doing great. Uh, we have the Chiefs. We have the, um, I forgot, the other Royals. Teams, um, uh, Royals, yeah, right, the 2015 Royals. But one thing that they said was, hey, Sporting KC, like, we won the 2013 MLS Cup, and the rebrand, I think, really helped them. So I think that's just one thing where Benny was a part of, and it's just – it's nice to see that that still has uh, some history behind it, and I think the people of Kansas City still love still love old Ben. Yeah, no, I, I they have some national squad guys on that Kansas City team too, so um, you know it's pretty popular within the MLS, and I think that'll continue. 
the um but yeah Benny's presence will definitely be missed in in the soccer world overall um I mean it's not like he died though right so now he can still maybe he'll shift over to some managing or or still be a part of the academy and uh develop that next generation yeah definitely I agree um so you know let's transition a little bit back to FC Tulsa and a couple of the um sort of logistical moves they made around um, covering the game as well, right? We've got OSU grad Anna Beffer and Dave Saunders. They're the new broadcast team when we do get back on the air and, and start the season up again. Um, any comments or kind of excitement around? I, I know you love the, uh, the the British accent on football games, so you've got to be excited yeah. about Dave, right? Oh, I, I, I love it, yeah. I mean, whenever you watch Premier League games, I wake up for Ola White just to hear him say, good morning, welcome to Premier League or NBC Sports, just... Arlo and I think uh, you know having Anna and having Dave on the on the broadcast team will will definitely be a huge boost and I think Anna just go pokes always always a great time for for that saying so go pokes and hope you do well you know you if you really want to hear that accent it's not the exact same but if you want to watch football right now you got to watch Australian A League. It is the only thing right now that I can find that's playing, and they have some pretty cool voices doing the announcing. Now, I will admit, the football on the pitch is not the same as watching MLS, and it's not the same as watching anything in Europe. Well, not anything in Europe, but you know what I mean, these top-tier leagues. But it is still football, and it does still satisfy a little bit of the need. Um, Slightly, slightly weird that nobody's in the stands, but it brings in another element to the game that you can actually hear the players talking to each other while they're playing. And it's pretty cool. Um, and I, I just, the other day I watched Newcastle jets play Brisbane and, um, the, uh, there was the most silent goal I've ever seen on a home pitch ever scored. <laughs> you could hear all the players be like, yeah, oh my God, good job. It's like, right. It was 15, 15 seconds of cheering and then silence. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, that's, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely good. You bring up a good point. And um, what I was thinking of when you were just like, yeah, it's not anything like the Premier League. I was thinking of like uh, our rugby in the U.S. versus Aussie rule uh, rugby or whatever they do over there. It's like, um, I think Australia just enjoys doing their own thing, which is super cool. And, you know, just, just having, still having the soccer and just the football atmosphere still alive. I think that's that's huge for for MLS fans and USL fans and Premier League fans. Just all all the soccer leagues that are uh, not currently going on right now. I mean, both of us do recognize that this what's what's going on right now is clearly bigger than football, uh, bigger than soccer. But at the same time, I mean, what the heck are we supposed to do while we're all sitting at home? So I was watching uh, ESPN Plus the other day. I saw that the A League games were on, and I said, "Oh, yep, this is what I'm doing for the next couple hours. I'm going to watch these couple games that are available to me here." Yeah, I think on on ESPN today it was uh, ESPN the Ocho is coming back, and I'm just like, "Yes!" Or or if you don't watch ESPN the Ocho, just watch dodgeball. Just give that a give that a listen. Yeah, absolutely. So. So, um, yeah, no, super excited around the club, super excited for the future that um, we get to be a part of here in, in some small way, uh, covering what they're doing. Um, you know, Bo, I, I think our plan is to have a weekly episode going out, um, you know, with the league getting sort of shuttered until middle of May. 
uh, we'll have to see what we can cover and what's going on there. But, um, you know, I think we'll try to keep uh, the listeners that we have maybe abreast on some of the USL news and, and anything that's going on. Um, if you're not following uh, at FC Tulsa on Twitter, it is a great follow right now. They have some wonderful games and ways to keep the fans engaged going on, even in this time where there's no soccer. So um, I think the other day they had a five-person or a five-question quiz that you were able to win some merch if you were the you know got the questions correct. I think not just FC Tulsa, but other teams are doing that, and just that's all I see on my feed. Just just being involved during this time, I think, is huge. And FC Tulsa done really good job not just the questionnaire but the wallpaper um i haven't gotten mine yet but uh i'm not i'm not sure what to get like uh bow or scissor tail nation i don't know we'll we'll have to collaborate on that yeah well at fc tulsa if you're happening to listen to this i didn't get mine either i wanted to uh, request on the city kit stn underscore brian Hopefully, uh, I maybe I can get some pull just being one of the podcast co-hosts here and, and get that done and sent over to me. That'd be awesome. Watch in 10 years. All the soccer players will have their Twitter handle as their jersey, just like at like Neymar underscore 10 or something. Right. Or at yeah. Bourgeois. Right? Isn't that isn't that Bradley's um, Bourgeois? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, we love you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't have it memorized, but um, I, I, we, we did chat the other day about Disney Plus releasing Frozen Two. Um, so clearly, I know how to find you. I just can't remember what your handle is off the top of my head. Um, the uh, I, there was a college basketball team that tried to do that a few years ago, and um, the NCAA shut them down. They said, "Nope, we're still going to do last names. Uh, you can't have your Twitter handles on there." So, it's been tried; it failed. But what's going to be the first league to let it happen on a on a larger scale? Baseball is getting pretty close to it because they've got the nickname weekend or the player appreciation weekend, where they can put all their nicknames uh, and emojis uh, and things on the back of the jersey. So that's cool. I wouldn't be surprised that the NBA made a big play too, either, because they had they had like the weird like half sleeves as jerseys for a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, they may they may pull something off, but maybe. Yeah. Well, Bo, it uh, was a pleasure to talk with you for a little bit. See you soon, and uh, we'll cover what's coming up in the news here with USL Championship and everything uh, FC Tulsa. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll speak with you uh, next week. This concludes our episode. We hope you enjoyed joining us for all things FC Tulsa with an overview of the broader USL Championship League and a look at our men's and women's national teams and their players competing for club teams abroad. Thank you again for listening. Interact with us on Twitter at scissortailnation underscore FC or send us an email at scissortailnation at gmail.com.